You're listening to episode 198 of the FitzPro podcast. And today is not a requested episode, but I think it's going to be a very popular episode because I think that the landscape of building an online business was different seven years ago, just like when I started seven years ago, it was different than seven years before that. So we are doing a little up to date on what I would do if I was starting a online coaching business in 2023. Without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average Fitzbo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a Fitzpro. Assuming you are a coach or professional in the online health and fitness space and you want to have a successful, profitable, sustainable business, check out my free workshop called Your Biz Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. You can do that at anniemiller.co slash workshop dash register or go to the show notes. The link will be there as usual. So all of these things that I'm going to cover, things that I would do if I was starting a business in 2023 are centered around and chosen through the lens of what I consider to be the most important two pieces to starting a business in the online health and fitness space. Number one is building an engaged audience that trusts you. You will not have an online business without this, period, end of story. Number two is developing a clear AF offer that actually works. Your offer has to get whatever results you say are possible when implementing whatever it is that you do inside your offer, whether that's a service, a course, whatever. So as we dive into each of these, remember those two things, audience and offer. In the simplest sense, we need a lead pool or an audience and we need to make money, which comes through selling something, which is your offer. If we lack clarity on said offer, or it does not deliver on what we said it would, then it doesn't work. You will lose confidence, you will lose customers, and people will not trust you. So that is why we need to have an offer that works. Let us begin. You might be disappointed to find that these are not much different than they were seven years ago to some extent. So so hang with me. But that's because the same principles still apply when looking at business. It's just how they fit into what is currently available to us in the online space. How do you apply these principles to the current landscape, if you will? Seven years ago, it was blogging and the start of Instagram. Now, a blog might be far less important. Blogging is not dead. That's a whole nother topic. But Instagram is like a full-time job now, whereas seven years ago, it was post a picture and a caption three times a day, use a filter that Instagram literally provided for you. And like, that was it. So that's where I mean, it is still consistency. It is still frequency. It is still providing value, but Instagram is not what Instagram was however many years ago. And you have some different options now. So strap in for the long haul is number one. Don't roll your eyes, please. I promise. I promise this will be helpful for you. Even more than seven years ago, 
new entrepreneurs need to grasp the fact that overnight successes do not exist and to build a sustainable and profitable business simply takes time. There is no getting around this fact and I want to shake everyone until they grasp that concept and I get that when there's people selling you six figures in 90 days, it feels like you're being pulled in two different directions, but I promise those who have sustainable businesses built it over years, not over months, not over weeks. And the sooner you can embrace that daily grind, the more you will enjoy the process, just like you tell people in health and fitness. And I know that scarcity can actually be a real thing when starting a business, right? Like I'm not talking about scarcity mindset rooted in lies and false narratives, but actually, you know, actual scarcity and the real need to generate revenue. That's a real thing. So just know that this is not going to happen if you don't have people who trust you in your audience and if you don't have an offer to sell that works. So if you are in that scarcity mode, if you do need to generate profit, then freaking listen up and apply everything that you possibly can for free. So take a few mantras from my first years of business. Number one is make it happen. And number two is be tenaciously patient, which that's not grammatically correct. It's not what it sounds like. When I say that, I mean, you need to be tenacious in putting out content and providing value and selling, 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 then be patient. So know that that tenacity is not going to give you immediate results. The beginning of business is not a season of immediate gratification. That's not how that works. It's going to be lots of work. It's going to be lots of intent and it's going to be gratification down the road. Okay. Patience is needed in order to have all that work work for you. So number one is strap in for the long haul. And that's not to be like a discouraging or Debbie Downer, but it is to be real with you, which I think is something that is lacking in the online space of business coaching. Number two is commit to failing fast and adapting. When starting out, you have the least to lose. Really try to embrace that and accept that. You have the least amount of eyes on you. You have the most room to make mistakes and have it not matter. So try all of the things, throw spaghetti at the wall, throw the whole freaking pot at the wall, find your footing, find your philosophy, refine that, and also find your creative process in in making content, in saying this is how I'm going to get my messaging out into the world. In the beginning, you are the least confident. That's the caveat here. So it's when you have the most room to make mistakes, but it's also when you're the least confident, which is why I say fail fast and adapt, which brings about this paradox where you have not yet gained the confidence and clarity to show up how you know you should, how everybody's telling you to, how I might be telling you to, but also, like I said, you have the least to lose. It's the time where you need to bust out all of the reps like you've never done before. Frequency is your friend in the beginning, and I would argue it continues to be your friend through like, you know, infancy, but still create as much content as you possibly can. If that feels, if that makes you feel overwhelmed, like you're drowning, I want to be specific with the fact that I'm referring to small bite-sized pieces of content. Apply that to an email list, to a podcast, Instagram, wherever it is that you are creating content, figure out a way to do it daily and at a high frequency. And we'll get into that 
a little bit later why I say that, why it matters, where kind of my thought process is in that. But the sooner that you can move forward with the fears that you do have when starting out, the quicker you are going to find success. That does not mean that the fear or level of being uncomfortable goes away. It just means that you are able to adapt to existing with those feelings and continuing to move forward regardless of them. That is the goal. And that would be the main focus of mine if I was starting a business in 2023. Before I share this next one, I want to preface it with ignoring all of the gurus. Ignore the motherfucking gurus. Facebook and Instagram ads galore. Ignore all of it. Shut it all out. Hide ad. Do not show me this again. It's irrelevant. What all of these are going to miss is the basics and the fact that you need to just get reps in. Most of these funnels, coaches, whatever, that they're trying to teach you, put the cart way before the horse. For someone who is just starting out, you do not need to be creating a funnel if you have not yet even built an audience that trusts you. If you don't even know what your messaging is yet, if you don't even have clarity on that, we don't need to build a fucking funnel, okay? I get very passionate about this because I myself felt very bombarded by all of these ads. I watched all the free workshops and none of them actually gave me what I needed, which was just repetition, which was just finding my own footing, which was just putting in the time, putting in the work over the years. I cannot stress this enough. I did it myself. I see it all the time. In the state of desperation, you watch all of the free workshops and perhaps even invest in people promising you a proven strategy for a funnel that makes X amount of thousands of dollars, but they fail to acknowledge the fact that you have not yet built an email list or audience that is actually prepared to purchase said funnel from you. With that, I say that, like I said before the next one, I want to preface this with ignoring all the gurus because the next one is to buy a course or invest in a coach. I know you're confused. I encourage this because it can help put the blinders on, put the right blinders on and save a lot of time in making common mistakes when starting out. I also recognize that a lot of coaches do not have money to invest when starting out. I waited a full year um, in business before I had the money to purchase a course to help me in business in any capacity. So take it as take in as much free content as you can. The most important thing, no matter what route you take, is that you are taking action and learning quickly. Be it in a course, be it for free, be it on your own. You can take all of the courses in the world, but if you are not applying the concepts and the principles, you will not have success. This is not just for business. This is for literally anything, right? Standing next to the squat rack doesn't make you stronger. You have not earned the right to blame whatever process you invested in if you have not fully applied it. I totally, totally believe that. Um, I also think that the act of hiring a coach or purchasing a course is also a practice in betting on yourself. And I think that's very important as a brand and business owner. It takes a level of commitment and belief that like, I'm going to make this happen. If I buy this course and apply it, I trust myself to make that happen. And that matters. That holds weight. So obviously I will plug my Fitzbro Foundations course here, but you need to take whatever course makes the most sense for whatever business model you are trying to build or you want to build. For some people, they need a one-on-one coach. For other people, a course will suffice. I lean more towards a course. Here's my logic. 
when first starting out, because the foundation that you need to build in your business is rather repetitive. The program that you are going to build out in the brand that you are building is individual to you. It's unique to you, but the concepts that everyone needs to apply in the beginning of business are not unique to you. They need to be put in place. Kind of like I said, you need an audience, you need an offer that works. They are the basis of nearly every business. So typically one-on-one coaches are more expensive than a course. So that is another reason why I lean towards a course. If you are just starting out, I think it will get you a good foundation. Cue the literal name of my course, Fitzbro Foundations, that you can then build a business on top of. And remember that even if you do have the funds to invest and you make that decision, it's going to take time and you will still have to apply things, use trial and error, and you have a lot to learn. And that's just the fact. Those things can't be denied. So buying a course or investing in a coach is not a fix-all for building a business. It can expedite some of the common mistakes. It can make your life a little easier and you will still make your own mistakes, which kind of goes back to number whatever when I talked about, it's just going to take time. That kind of covers the mindset piece of starting out, which I think is incredibly important, as you can tell. Now let's get into the actual content, the approaches, social media, what I would be doing in the online space specifically if I was starting a business in 2023 in the online health and fitness space. First off, get on YouTube or Instagram or both, ideally, if you can. Depending on your time and availability, most of us are building businesses while also raising families or going to school or having another job. The prime difference between YouTube and Instagram is that YouTube is a searchable platform. Instagram is a social platform. It is easier to make sales on social platforms, you can build a following quicker. And like I said, typically turn over profit faster because of that. We can expedite trust when people are seeing us every single day, hearing about our offers way more often than if we are producing one piece of content a week or every two weeks on a searchable platform. Many search platforms are the long game. Now I would argue, especially now with Instagram, you're playing the long game on Instagram anyway, but you're having to post at a higher frequency than you are on search-based platforms. Search-based platforms like Google, blogs, podcasts, Pinterest, YouTube, these are extremely valuable, but not everybody has the time to optimize search-based platforms. And for a search-based platform to work in your favor, you do need to optimize keywords and tags and things of that sort. They just take a bit more work. The negative side of your social-based platforms like Instagram are that content has a very short life cycle, typically 24 to 48 hours. So frequency matters when attempting to build credibility and recognizable brands on social platforms. You will create less content for YouTube, search-based platform, but it lives forever and can generate leads for you years down the road. The content continues working for you and there's no limit on its lifespan because on YouTube or other search-based platforms, when you update your tags, your keywords, whatever, to an old post, that changes it moving forward. It's an investment. This is why if you have time, I suggest being on both while recognizing that this is not the case for most people. YouTube is king when it comes to content. I'm pretty confident in dying on that hill, um, but it takes the most time. So I understand when starting out, especially if you actually have that real life scarcity, 
Instagram is going to be your best bet. I personally regret not prioritizing YouTube five years ago. And I think that it's never too late to start there. Knowing what I know now, I would absolutely, if I was starting a business right now, I would prioritize YouTube, especially if video-based content is going to be any part of your brand. The only thing we want to be careful of here is doing a bit of market research to see and to make sure that your ideal client or any market that is in need of what it is that you want to offer from your services is actively searching for what it is that you offer on Google or YouTube, because to my knowledge at this time, those search engines are integrated with one another, as are their analytics. So I am biased to the health and fitness industry. Obviously, that's where I'm at. So in my eyes, Instagram and YouTube are the top places I would be if I was starting out this year. And that's what this podcast is all about. So there's my answer on content creation and platform options. I would prioritize YouTube and I would prioritize Instagram. High frequency bite-sized content on Instagram, long form educational lifelong content on YouTube. On Instagram, I would post, like I said, every single day, twice a day, bite-sized content. On YouTube, I would post weekly or every other week content, whichever I could swing as far as my time and my energy goes. It's funny because Instagram is not 2015 anymore. We always talk about that, but I actually do suggest posting multiple times per day like you did when it was a chronological feed because this is your best chance at the most exposure still even almost 10 years later, regardless of the algorithm. Different parts of your audience are on Instagram at different times of the day. And as I said, when you are starting out, frequency is your friend. This allows you to hone in on your message faster, to learn your own voice, to interact with different parts of your audience. It helps you establish credibility and it has the potential to expedite trust, which we need. That is a vital part of building a business. We talked about that early on in this episode. It also just gives you reps in creating content for your own creative process. So because YouTube content takes more time to create, produce, format, all of those things, I would start with a minimum of producing a video every other week. So every two weeks, you can then use that content to make bite-sized clips for Instagram. That is what I would do, like I said, if I was starting an online health and fitness business in 2023. Build and nurture your email list. That is another thing that I would be doing weekly, monthly, whatever. I don't care. Just get people the fuck off of social or search-based media and on to an email list. You cannot do that early enough in your business. From YouTube and Instagram, I would be driving people to my mailing list with the utmost intention. I would make my mailing list relatable and provide a VIP type of information vibe that I don't provide anywhere else. If I was to just start out in the fitness realm, I would 100% be answering the most asked questions from my ideal client, whether they actually came directly from my clients or my audience, or if it's just something I know a lot of people have questions about or struggle with. That would be the kind of the topic of my email list. In starting an email list, I would create different tags for what people are interested in based off my offers. So when somebody goes to join my email list, it would ask, are you wanting to create or are you wanting to receive emails in regards to, you know, whatever the 
the topics are that I am going to be emailing people about. So if that's you, if you have nutrition-based information, but also fitness-based information or mindset information, I would have those checkboxes available. And based on the checkboxes, a person would receive the proper tag inside the back end of my email provider, whether that's MailChimp, Flowdesk, ConvertKit, all of these options, so that when I send emails, I can optimize making sure people only get the emails that they want, that they open them and that they respond to them or click on things or whatever. I would absolutely categorize people from the get-go based on their areas of interest so that I could target them, like I said, with specific emails. That brings us to our offerings, which is the second piece of the most important things when starting a business in the online space. You have to have an offer that works. You have to be able to get people tangible results. The last part of this is that I would only offer one-on-one coaching. Again, this is just starting out in the online space in 2023. I've mentioned in different capacities why I would start and why I suggest starting with one-on-one, regardless of what your profession is in the online space. In short, it gets people to invest the highest amount of revenue. You get the best testimonies and the best knowledge of your ideal client in the quickest way possible. You find out what you are really good at, the, the maybe the type of people or the problems that you don't want to solve, the best knowledge of your ideal client in the quickest way possible, and it requires the smallest audience size, which is huge. That is all why I suggest starting with one-on-one. You can always expand beyond that or make whatever changes you like. Looking back and looking at the current state of the online space, these are the things that I would do that I would set up, that I would focus on in 2023 if I was starting an online business in health and fitness in the current state. So hopefully that was insightful uh, to some extent. I hope that it was helpful. If it was, of course, give the show five stars, leave a written review, all the good things, you know what to do. If you're not on my mailing list, go to anniemiller.co slash news. That's also in the show notes and make sure that you are on it because you are missing out on exclusive podcast listener discounts. If you are not there, you can choose from Annie's Weekly Wisdom or Annie's Daily Dose. Until next time, I'm Annie Miller and thank you so much for tuning into the Fitz Pro Podcast. Podcast.